0: All the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing, standing six, six feet, six four, feet inches four inches tall, tall at a Jesuit, Jesuit high, school, high school, the half Greek freak, Nick, Nick economy. economy. And standing six, and six feet six tall out of McClatchy, McClatchy high, school, high School, Big, Big Baller ben. ben. Kings in the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, head up our Patreon. Welcome back to Sack Kings in the North podcast, the show where the takes are made up and the hosts don't matter. Very special show for you guys. It's uh, Remembrance Day weekend here in Canada, the answer to Veterans Day weekend in the United States. Those in the historical community up here in Canada love to point out that in both World War I and World War II, the Canadian military heeded the calls of freedom before the United States. Be that as it may, to all the men and women who serve our great countries, Um, To their families who hold down the fort at home, I'd like to extend um, the most genuine of thank yous for allowing us the freedom and the safety to sit here and talk Kings basketball with you guys week in and week out. Uh, This is also a very special episode as this is my justified album, so to speak. While collectively sync was spectacular, we all knew JT was the Golden Goose. Today, I'm flying solo, as the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy, is on a little Remembrance Day vacay. Um, He's actually phoned in his What City, What Song picks, so we'll still get some terrible takes out of him that way. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy excellence. We'll get it started uh, this week like we always do with a little recap of uh, the past week's games. We uh, played three games this last week, Toronto, Minnesota, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, your Sacramento Kings uh, went 1-2, and two, uh, finishing the week with a record of 7-6, and six, still uh, locking up the eighth spot through 13 games. Still looking like a team you know, that can do some damage night in and night out. Um, starting with Toronto, uh, this was the start of a little four-game homestand, which will wrap up in the following week. We'll preview later. Um, we ended up getting Kawhi in this one. This this isn't a gimme um, this year as far as road games go. Um, we didn't get the Kawhi Ben McAdmore beef. Um, obviously, that was great um, from a, a Sacramento standpoint because that means we didn't get to see Ben McAdmore play. Um, we saw the return of the Serbian sniper in this one. Bogdan Bogdanovic um, came back from arthroscopic knee surgery. Loved the first few minutes of Bogey's play. He uh he started out hot, five points on two shot or on his first two shots. Didn't didn't finish the you know the the game with a record stat line, but was definitely a good start, a good comeback, uh return game for Bogdanovich. One thing I was looking forward to that we actually didn't get to see um in this one was um Buddy and Bogey running um running at the same time, which you know it worked so well late last year, obviously first game back will. We'll get some uh, bogey buddy uh, Serbian sniper Bahamian bombardier, you know, working together later in the week. Obviously later in the season, um, we were down sixteen going into the fourth. wasn't wasn't our greatest game, offensively. Grant's famous line of "We're gonna have to hold this team scoreless" came um, with a score of 112-101 with two fifty seven left in the fourth. We we actually held them. Uh, to only three points after this. The only problem was is we only scored another four um, in the final three minutes of the fourth. So the oracle that is uh, Grant Napier wasn't, you know, exactly right on this one. Not off by too much, though. Big game for Kawhi with 25. Uh, Pascal Siakam, who's moved into the starting lineup, had 21. Looked great. We really had no answer. Um, we tied the season low with four players and double figures. There was a big sequence, again, week in and week out, I'm getting fined by the NBA for talking about the officiating. Big sequence when the officials got first a shot clock violation wrong, then a missed foul on the jump, quickly followed by a fa- another phantom call um, on Willie Colley's sign, which effectively took him out of the game for the, the, you know, the remainder of the third, uh, start of the fourth. It took the air out of the building Honestly, it's inexcusable in professional sports to get this many calls wrong in a forty-five minute, sorry, forty-five second um, chunk of time. I mean, you see it in the you know the NFL. Dudes are getting fired um, for just getting like a call wrong in in overtime. Um, that happened this year, obviously, with the Cleveland Browns. This is somewhat of a tangent, but re- relevant uh, nonetheless. My man Joel Klatt for Fox Sports covers college football. He's always talking about how the bias of the college football ranking system effect, directly affects people's careers, people's jobs. If people aren't in the top 25 at the end of the season, that's the bar they use in some respects to fire and hire head coaches, offensive coordinators, the rest. Um... Bringing that back to the NBA and officiating, all I'm saying is I think this emphasis on freedom of movement is completely irrelevant if officials aren't going to be held accountable for the calls they've been getting wrong for decades. Um, I think, like, the ranking system in college football, the officiating, maybe even more so, directly impacts... Trades, hirings, firings, uh, viewership. As, uh, as, as part Kings owner um, and former Kings foe Shaquille O'Neal said back in the early 2000s, if you want to know why the NBA is losing money, it's because the refs are taking over the blank game. The last thing I'll say about this is if there were some midseason performance reviews um, on the officials, and there were some firings based on said performance reviews, I wouldn't be mad at that. Alright, back to Toronto. A Bright spot in the game was Willie Cauley-Stein. He shot f- uh, 10 of 15, had 8 boards, 4 assists, a steal, and a block. Pay the man. Get him a contract. He's proved valuable to this team. Um, we were gonna waste a ton of money, I'll bring it up later, we were gonna waste a ton of money, you know, on Clint Capella, in the offseason. Why not pay Willie Cauley-Stein? Downsides to the game. Buddy's slow start. Buddy is a volume shooter and this season he's been making he's been making his shots at a high volume. That wasn't the case in the start of this one. Um, Buddy's slow start is something we'll see throughout the whole week. Um, sadly. Uh, the Kings were out rebounded 60 uh, to 40 um, which plagued, has plagued them a lot this season, but it hasn't hurt them directly until uh, this homestand. Um, uh, final point to all the listeners up here in the Great White North, your team's legit. Have a great LeBron-less Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, on to Minnesota. I think this is my favorite game of the season, uh, not only because of the solid win, but because we essentially broke their team. This was the straw that broke the camel's back. And the saying could really be used with any pack animal because Coach Thibodeau famously runs the players into the ground. Um, at the time of this recording, uh, Sunday the 11th, eleven eleven, the Timberwolves are 4-9 with, a, uh, with eight road losses in eight road games not a single win on the road. They played some good teams on the road, though, the Warriors, the Blazers, the Raptors, and us. Um, Jimmy Butler... Uh, told management that they can't win without him. He's leading the league in uh, fourth quarter, st- uh, scoring at nearly 10, 10 points a game in the fourth. Um, well, well, guess what? After a gritty win by our Sacramento Kings holding off a big fourth quarter push, the T-Wolves will have a chance to do just that, play without Jimmy Butler. Uh, within hours of the Kings' victory, the T-Wolves traded Butler for Robert Covington, Dario Saric, and a second-round pick from the 76ers. This kind of felt like the uh, the old Vladi. I had a better trade two days ago, um, obviously with the four first-rounders that the Rockets were offering up for Mr. Butler's services. Um, to the game itself, huge game from Carl Anthony Towns. Talented, uh, talented big out of uh, Kentucky. He had 39 uh, and 19 boards. Uh, most of his points, 29 coming in the first half. Um, so we kind of found an answer for him late. Uh, D-Rose had another solid game with 21 after putting up 50. Count them, 50 points on the Los Angeles Lakers and forcing yours truly to the brink of tears. Love me some Derek Rose. Um, We had five players in double figures, led by Willie Trills, 25. Could have had a lot more. Um, He was in foul trouble. That seems par for the course this year. Um, When he was in, he was pretty darn effective. Willie. He's shooting 88% of his shots within 5 feet. That's the 4th highest in the NBA behind the likes of Clint Capella, who, like I said before, uh, the Kings were in in talks of signing for all of 5 seconds in the offseason. We were going to offer him up a ton of cash. Why not spend some on Willie Trill? Um, Fund another one of his art projects or face tattoos. Another slow start for Buddy. Really don't want to make a habit out of this. Um, turn it on in the second second half, hitting a couple clutch threes in the fourth quarter to ice it. So that's more of what we like to see out of Buddy Love. This game was interesting because before the season started, I thought this was going to be a more common um, game for the Kings as far as lineups. Costa logging more minutes than Marvin. Uh, Yogi Ferrell playing some crunch time minutes, contributing a big eight points. And uh, 14 from Nemanja Bielitsa and 17 from Amon Shumpert. Um, That whole hasn't always been the case this season. These guys haven't always been on um, at the same times. I like the way we played together um, when the T-Wolves made their little fourth quarter run. There was a great timeout by GQ Dave with 9.21 left. We were up 13 at the time, but we're, you know, dodging more bullets than Keanu Reeves. We came out of the timeout, ran a backdoor, cut for Buddy. Great play. And uh, over there on the sideline, Dave looked like he just got his card punched for his ninth spray tan and just told he got his next one free. So he was pumped up on the sideline. We were pumped up watching it. Another great moment was uh, Jimmy Butler just turned the ball over. And then went, would go on to miss two free throws in crunch time with the Wolves down two. The camera pans to Tom Thibodeau, who's looking like a character on a side mission at GTA 4. Looking like that guy standing just behind, but off to the right of a mob boss in an abandoned warehouse in a Scorsese picture. Looking like it's an always sunny title sequence is going to start with the Wolves. The Timberwolves trade Jimmy Butler over a black screen. But I digress, we got the win, moved to 7-5, and and now we'll move on to L.A., a game that was very frustrating. Everyone always asks me, who do you hate more, the Lakers or the Warriors? And here's my take. The Warriors, it's more like a, a jealousy thing. And now, jealousy doesn't look good on anyone, but here's the exception. A few years back, we're neck and neck with the Warriors as far as rebuilding. And making a name in free agency. And then, it you know, it kind of goes down like a twin study. Where you give the Warriors, the, the Warriors baby, to some Bay Area tech moguls. And they grew up eating the best food. Going to the best prep schools. And getting that full ride to Stanford. Meaning, they did everything right. They drafted. They developed their players right. They cut their losses with the old guard and Monte and Mark Jackson when they needed to. And even though they ruined the league... They did it in a way that you can't be mad at, because if the King's baby was given to those Bay Area Tech moguls, we'd love the person they'd grew up to be. But we weren't given to those parents. The King's baby was mistakenly given to some white trash welfare queen in Citrus Heights. And watching King's b-ball over the last decade, we know where that went. Long story short, I hate the Lakers more than any other team in the NBA, and it's not even close. So this this one hurt. Some solid moments. Namely, De'Aaron Fox looking like a future MVP, while uh, his draft counterpart, Lonzo Ball, was looking like the scrub we always knew he'd be. Four points in 20 minutes. Had a couple nice passes finished off by LeBron, though. Didn't even know we were going to get this one, because apparently Lonzo had tweaked his ankle the day before, and I thought he was just trying to duck Fox again, but he played and got schooled. So good for him for showing up. This was Fox's seventh game with 20 plus points in a total of 13. He only had five last year. So this guy honestly should win Most Improved Player, in my humble opinion. Um, it's the second night of a back-to-back, and we really played like it. Uh, a lot of turnovers, a lot of stagnant offensive play, not a lot of help defense. We didn't score a lot. We were held under 21 points in every quarter, which for this team in the state of the league is basically unheard of. We finished with 86 points, lowest total of the season. Grant and Doug said it on the broadcast. I'm going to reiterate it on the podcast. The Lakers didn't wow me. His team right now is not beating anyone in the top half of the Western Conference. That being said, they moved to 500, just a half game behind... Your Sacramento Kings for the 8th seed. We had four players in double figures, like I said, led by Fox at 21. The Serbian Splash Bros uh, could only combine for 8 points, and Buddy had another slow start finishing with 12. One thing I'm not liking about Buddy this week is the long two. He's got to go with the numbers of threes and layups. Um, I just think, especially when he's not on... The long two might be the worst thing for this Kings offense. Like I said, performance wasn't all bad. There were some moments where the boys got the crowd into it. Back-to-back steal and slam from uh, Bogey and Willie really had me up on my feet. Um, okay, we'll talk about LeBron. Uh, he, he always plays well in sack. He had 25-7-2 and 2 in 31 minutes. Basically, you know... Got a big rest in the second half. Sat a decent mind of the third and fourth. Lakers were cruising. Um, this was the first time since his Miami Heat days that uh, King James went the whole first half without an assist. This was because the Lakers were missing a ton of shots in the second quarter. Um, we see him three more times this year. I think we can steal a game in L.A. I'm optimistic we're going to finish 2-2 two and two against the Lakers in four meetings. That'd be the same as last year. Obviously, I, you know... Love to kill them for a uh, four-game sweep. Obviously, that won't happen now. So, a two-and-two two finish is looking pretty realistic. Um, the free throw statistic we've been logging for you guys this week, again, didn't affect the win-loss column. We actually shot a little better uh, towards the end of the week from the line. Toronto, we shot uh, tw- uh, 72% from the uh, foul line. We only left a point on the board. Who knows what, you know, could have happened in the course of a game, but it's not going to directly impact the win-loss column. We shot uh, 79% from the line against Minnesota. That's uh, two points on the board in a positive direction from that 75% mark. Um, Similar story against L.A. We shot uh, 16 for 20. That is 80% quick math. Um... We were plus one in that column from uh, 75%. Free throw shooting. Looks like, you know, it's going in a positive direction. Let's keep it going. Something we've been talking about the whole year. Um, I'd like to stop talking about it. And the only way to do that is to shoot better from the line. All right. That has been the breakdown of last week's games. Now let's move on to next week um where we look to get a, a couple victories some uh some difficult teams coming up we got San Antonio on Monday Veterans Day Remembrance Day uh Memphis all the way on Friday and then Houston on Sunday I believe so let's get into it San Antonio they're coming in a couple games over 500 they're first in their division that's the Southwest division DeMar is cooking uh with tw- averaging 26 Looking to see Rudy Gay. Always plays well against his uh, former teams. Um, Rudy's an interesting player in this pace, space league because he's really an ISO guy. So, I don't know. Let's look and try to get the Spurs to move the ball and not have Rudy go off for 35 plus. Off to Memphis. There's tickets to this game in Memphis for as low as $4 right now. So to all our friends in the Tennessee area who want to see a solid game of ball, get to the FedEx Forum. They got a balanced team led by point guard Mike Conley and center Mark Gasol. Um, Garrett Temple, former been playing really well for them. And rookie Jaron Jackson Jr. Playing really, really good ball earlier in the year. All of those players um, are coming in around... 14, 15 points, and they lock you down. They got a great defense. We got them at home. We won. Let's look to score consistently on the road. Games on Friday. Obviously, we get a couple days off in between. Um, get out there to Memphis, who is somehow still a Western Conference team. Whatever. Um, you know, if we win, it looks good against the West, the tough Western Conference. Again, I think this is a winnable game. We just really, we got to, you know, we got to come out, hot start, and perform. Off to Houston. I don't know if it's the mellow curse or the ghost of Western Conference Finals past, but this team's coming in at 4-7. An odd start to the season for the Rockets. They're led by Harden with uh, 27 points per game. If you remember the platoon swap Kentucky team a few years back, this is not that. Almost the opposite of that. It's night and day with these units. And Chris Paul hasn't been able to stay healthy historically. And you can't run through Carmelo anymore because it's not 2010. Um, They're going to turn it up and make the playoffs. But as far as challenging the Warriors, this team ain't it, Chief. Honestly, it's kind of crazy to be saying this. I think all three of these games are winnable games. I think if we come out. And really set the tone with San Antonio. We could we could win at home. Again, Memphis is beatable. We're on the road. We have a lot of time off in between. We're going to be fresh. That's what plagued us against the Lakers. And Houston. I don't know, you know what you're going to get. With the Kings, you're going to get consistent play out of Willie. Out of De'Aaron Fox. Out of Buddy Heald, you would think. It's going to have to be... The Serbian Splash Bros. It's going to have to be Yogi Ferrell. It's going to have to be someone else that uh, that beats the Houston team. As, you know, uh, from a points perspective, the backcourts should cancel each other out. Maybe a little, uh, a little nod to Houston in that category. But I think our second unit, I, I guess if Bogie's still coming off the bench, he's going to have to have a good game to beat Houston. This is one of those games where the Kings get in a lot of foul trouble. Uh, There's only been one quarter this whole season in the first half. One quarter in the first half where we were not in the bonus. That is wild. We foul a lot. Who gets to the line a lot? Who's terrible to watch because it's boring because he gets to the line a lot? Former Arizona State Sun Devil James Harden. So, again, I think this game is winnable. I could see us beating uh, Houston and Memphis. And now, while we're on the subject of these three teams, it is time for America's favorite game, What City, What Song. We got San Antonio, Memphis, and Houston up on the board. Like I said before, the half-Greek freak Nick Economy has phoned in his picks. Let's see what he's got to say. He'll go first. I'll give my uh, my contribution second. San Antonio, he picked Big old Women by Grayson Caps. Obviously, this is an homage to uh, Sir Charles' comments on Inside. Next up, Memphis. Uh, Nick picked Banzamaker Dance by Juicy J. Off of the 2013 Super Album, Stay Trippy. You honestly could have picked any song by uh, by juicy J or uh, his other project 36 mafia out of Memphis so that that's a that's a really solid pick off a great album next up Houston Nick pick failure to launch the entire movie um, I just thought this was hilarious it really encapsulates the start of Houston season so hopefully we can keep that going with a big road win. Now, on to my picks, the moment that everyone's been waiting for. San Antonio. I picked a song by George Strait, the, obviously the great country artist. They could have picked a thousand songs by George Strait. Carrying Your Love With Me, Baby Blue, Marina Del Rey, Check Yes or No, Give It All We Got, Carried Away, Write This Down, All My Exes Live in Texas. But it's got to be a song that's actually a cover Originally by Terry Stafford in 1983. Released by George Strait in 1983. 10 years later. Off his second album, Amarillo by Morning. Uh, George Strait grew up right outside San Antonio. So that's my pick. Memphis. I was debating whether to go with, uh, to counter um, Nick's Juicy J with another Juicy J song. Bounce it. Instead, said, I went with the classier pick. Elvis Presley, Jailhouse Rock. It's the king. Could also pick Walking in Memphis by uh, Mark Cohn or Cher, if, like me, you're into that sort of thing. Um, yeah, that's a childhood favorite of mine. But I picked Elvis Presley, Jailhouse Rock, Elvis the Pelvis, obviously Graceland's in Memphis, and... Yeah, that's my pick. Houston. Houston was a tougher one. Didn't, you know, know whether to pick Beyonce or Selena Gomez or, you know, any of the, the you know those modern female artists that we all know and love. Instead, I picked, you know, a, a little throwback. Um, I picked Selena. Uh, that'd be Selena Quintanilla, the uh, Mexican-American recording artist from the 90s who Was so brutally shot down by uh, someone so close to her over just a stupid fiscal dispute. The song I picked, Bidi Bitty Bum Bum, wonderful song. I love to test out my uh, Spanish knowledge on this one. Shout out to CKM High School Spanish. This might be the second most, my second most viewed movie after The Dark Knight. Probably watch this thing like three times a semester over three years. And it's got J Lo in the biopic. Could have picked "Dreaming of You," another great song. That's uh you know more of a more of an, a song for the uh, English-speaking audience. Uh, this one I picked "Bitty Bitty Bum Bum," obviously for the uh, the Spanish-speaking audience. So a wide array of picks for this installment of What City, What Song until next week when we have a whole new set of cities. Whole new set of songs for you guys. Yeah, up next, uh, we're going to do a little little team news like we always do. I'm going to give a little uh, State of the League, my form of a State of the Union type address. Um, just looking around the association. And then we're, we're going to do a little interview with our LA correspondent, Noah Justin, because why not? I'm uh, lonely here and I need someone to talk to. And finally, we'll get Daniel Ramon Archer. Uh, Up in here for Dirty Dan's Hot Take of the Week. And then, we know you don't have all the time in the world, so uh, we'll let you go after that. And now, on to Ben Blanchard with sports. Good afternoon, everyone. We have a wide array of uh, news stories on the docket for you guys. Starting with the contest between the Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers. Specifically regarding the smoke inside Golden 1 Center. Obviously, the smoke came from the uh, wildfires raging in Butte County. Obviously, every time we uh, opened the door to let a fan into the stadium, a little bit more smoke was let um, into the building. Uh, Specifically, regarding the fires, uh, I would just like to thank um, all the firefighters, the first responders that are um, dealing with this immense tragedy. 23 people have already passed away um, in Northern California, two in the fires in Southern California. So um, those men and women who are doing all they can to um, help the situation there, i just like to say thank you. Um, regarding the game, I don't know if it was the back-to-back or the smoke, but the Kings look sluggish, lots of turnovers. Um GQ Dave said That The smoke Snuck up Um On the On the players They said hours before The game They weren't You know Expecting the level Of smoke In the arena Um Lakers Forwards Uh JaVale McGee And LeBron James Made a similar comment Even stating that they could see Some of the Southern California fires Um from their uh, the windows of their jet on the way up to sack. so tough time all around. Is um, this is bigger than basketball? Obviously, yeah. Would have loved to get the win, but I just hope everyone in those those areas um, comes out safe. All right, on to uh, Harry Giles the third. He's out of the Kings' rotation. Um, he's gonna get some playing time. That being said, in Stockton. The Kings, uh, former first-round pick of last year, much talked about um, forward could being the dark horse candidate for Rookie of the Year. Obviously, that's not going to happen now, um, barring about 19 injuries to some other great players. Um, His playing time has been down. He's averaging like three minutes a game. He only played two minutes against L.A., there was, you know, a lot of minutes to go around in that game. Um, today the Kings announce, today's Sunday the 11th, the Kings announce that they're signing the number 20 overall pick in the seventeen draft to the G League team, the Stockton Kings. Um, obviously this used to be the Reno Bighorns, um, where the other former first-round pick, Justin Jackson, was sent last year, played some time. In Reno, and is really having a better season offensively, defensively. Um, You know, shooting percentage is up, confidence is up. So let's hope uh, a similar thing can uh, happen with Harry because we know the great player he can be. You know, he holds himself accountable. And so, you know, hopefully later in the season he'll, uh, he'll get some time, some significant minutes back up with the Kings. For those of you in the Stockton area... Um, Giles is, is expected to play, um, starting Sunday, um, today, the 11th, and continued against, uh, starting off against the Caliente Clippers, obviously the LA Clippers G League affiliate. This game can be viewed live on Facebook. Um, other notable Kings to recently be sent down to the G League, uh, Yorgos Papuyanis, 13th pick in the 2016 draft. That was a train wreck from the from the start. Um, now he's out of the league. Brief stint in Portland before he's out of the league. And uh, hopefully we send Ben McElmore down there too. All right, Zach Randolph um, returns to the team. He missed the first 10 games with uh, some personal, personal uh, issues to attend to. Uh, story written in the B, um, November sixth says that in a meeting between uh, Vladdy, GQ Dave, and Zeebo, kind of laid out the future of uh, of his career in Sacramento. Essentially, he's a a twelve million dollar babysitter. Um, he's helping the youth, you know, get to know. How to use their bodies, how to bulk up, how to play in the league, how to be a professional. But as far as playing time, we're uh, much more likely to see Zebo in a three-piece suit than uh, running through layup lines. Okay, on to the story that we broke last week. The Sacramento Zoo wants to move uh, out to Arco. The Sacramento Kings counter with a plan for um, their former home, the site that they own, all the precious parking. Um, It's a 183-acre site. They want to go mixed development use. They're looking up to 200,000 residential units. So it's not looking too hot for the zoo. Um, This was in a statement uh, released... On the 8th, November 8th, by King's COO, that's Chief Operating Officer, Bettina um, They Further in the statement, they say they want to look into all these possibilities. But what they're doing does not necessarily involve an expansion and relocation of the Sacramento Zoo. To this, Daryl Steinberg, Mayor of Sacramento... Um, noted that an iconic wildlife park has the the potential to be just another great destination for Sacramento. Um, What the zoo wants to do is basically add a monorail, a bunch of new exhibits, a big hippopotamus exhibit. You know, will it, won't it? Find out next week. And that's the news. So now I'm going to give my uh, State of the Association address. Obviously, the president gives his State of the Union address month into the fiscal year. I'm about to give my address a couple weeks into the season. To the commissioner, Adam Silver, the owners, the general managers, and my fellow fans, nearly five months have passed since the Golden State Warriors repeated as NBA champions capped off by a sweep of the Cleveland Cavaliers. But what this young season has taught us is that in 2018, the state of the association is strong. Over the offseason, seismic shifts to the balance of power between East and West have occurred, creating intrigue where there was once disinterest. We have seen the Raptors gain a new claw, a king living amongst angels, and a foreign-born freak is teaching us to fear the deer. My fellow fans, this young season has seen a pace of play that is unprecedented. Each team is getting more possessions. Three-point shooting is at a record-breaking pace once again. This could be the first season with four 60-win teams in nearly three decades. The game is resonating with both young and old alike. Contracts are at a record high, and there's no reason to believe the cap can't keep rising we can finally give journeymen that hard-earned dollar they deserve. Soon will be the days where the vet minimum can sustain a lavish lifestyle. The players who make up these 30 teams are only half the picture. 18,000 people rising up with one voice demanding a victory over LA. Various travelers from oceans away to catch a glimpse of the beard. It is likely that in the near future... Additions will be made to this association to remedy the ailing hearts of those fans who cheer for teams so far from home. The state of the association is strong because the loyalty and hope of the fans are strong. I want to leave you all with this. Currently, four of the eight teams out west and three of the eight teams back east did not qualify for the playoffs last season. My fellow fans, the state of the association is strong, because ball is life. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless the National Basketball Association. If you want to hear more rousing speeches like that, vote for me in the 2032 presidential election cycle, and back by popular demand, uh, our. LA correspondent, Noah Justin, some aliases, some aliases, the guy who slid into your DMs two days ago, (laughs) and my personal favorite, Arnold's arm candy, Noah Justin, everyone. (laughs)
1: What's up? How
0: are you? Uh, I'm doing doing real well. First of all, how was it in LA with the loss to the Lakers?
1: Oh uh, well, I actually wasn't in LA. I was in San Diego.
0: Oh, I um, was in San Diego. And, like, I, was is...
1: saying, I was saying last time, like no one really ca- does, like no one really cares. Like the La- the Lakers fans think that there's no rivalry and like that you know they have the Celtics, like that's their rival. Like everyone in Sac just thinks that we're still rivals of the Lakers, and everyone in LA is like, like do we care? Like <laughs> no, and nothing happened. Nothing was out of the ordinary. It was just
0: okay. Let, let me know what you think about this earlier in the show. I talked about how my least favorite team, like, kind of going off what you were saying, my least favorite team is the Lakers. For a lot of people now, it's the Warriors. But I kind of... Yeah. I talked about how the Kings and the Warriors are like this twin study where the Warriors are given to this, you know, rich Bay Area family. And the Kings Kings are given to this... This uh, white trash family in Citrus Heights, and Uh it kind of just divulges from there.
1: (laughs) It's actually a good analysis.
0: So, let me just know what you think. Who do you hate more, the the Lakers or the Warriors?
1: Right now? I mean, like, it was kind of hard to not hate the Lakers when the Kings were actually good. But like I said, like, I was rooting for DeMarcus to go to L.A. over Golden State because I feel like I can fathom him in a Lakers uniform and I feel like I would still kind of be able to, like I don't root for the Lakers, but like you're a LeBron fan like you kind of know what it's like when one of your favorite players goes to a franchise you don't really like, you still root for them, you just don't root for the team. I don't think there's the Warriors are different because the Warriors as a whole are just trash like they're just, they're terrible for our for the NBA, they're terrible for all the little kids running around in in, uh, Golden 1 Center when the Kings are playing the Timberwolves in a step, step courage early, it had nothing to do with the game going on in all honesty, I just get so riled up about thinking about the Warriors and how much they pissed me off, and there's just no, there's no redeeming quality. Like I must say, though, I don't know if you caught the video of in their locker room when they made the Fergie remix national anthem thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty. That was pretty funny. I gotta give it to him for that.
0: The one because thing. Because the guy had. Go ahead.
1: Just saying, like the her ex-husband had said, Draymond's a prick. Like he needs to apologize. Video comes out the next day. And like I said, as much as I hate the Warriors, that was pretty
0: solid. I was going to say, uh, the one thing about that that actually kind of ticked me off was that the Warriors Steph made. exists. S- well, that yeah. too. But the Warriors made such a big deal how JaVale McGee couldn't be on Shaq and a Fool. And then they come out and make this parody of this, you know, of this national anthem. And I thought it was kind of hypocritical and it made me just kind of hate the franchise a little more. Um, the video, correct.
1: I mean, that is kind of stupid. I mean, the like, they act like they're so holier than thou. Like you're right. Like it's like a twin situation. So you know, shout out to the movie Twins, Danny DeVito, my boss. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like the Warriors, just ugh, I don't even know what to say. Like they're just not a good group of individuals. Like if I could wipe them off of the face of the earth, like I we'd never have to watch another Warriors game in my enti- like in our entire lives. I would be cool with it.
0: Let's switch gears a little bit. Um, our mutual friend, your neighbor growing up, J.R. Eason, recently uh, emailed into the show. It was actually really funny because he, the way he f- formed this little this little blip was, it, it sounded like he was on like a talk show and he grabs the mic. J.R. Eason, huge fan of the show, listen to you guys every week, <laughs> and it was like. Dude, I've known you since you were like seven. Um,
1: it's so great. Did you play it? Are you gonna play it?
0: No, it was it was a a, a written written thing. I'm I'm just shouting oh. it out here. But what he said was, and I I was gonna discuss it, and then I figured why not talk about it with you. Um, he said, first of all, have you have you been up to date with any of the college b-ball? Started one week ago.
1: Yeah, well,
0: I just know Bull Bull is going off for my ducks. All right, Oregon. That's all I really need to know. Oregon, a solid squad. <laughs> Zion. Bull Bull. Zion, glad you brought that up. That's exactly what um, Mr. <coughs> Mr. Easton and I were referring to, is Zion Williamson and his counterpart on Duke, R.J. Barrett, each averaging 28 points per game, young season, only two games uh-huh. in. His question, and therefore my question for you, is the state of the team – we're about 500. It could really go either way. We have a tough schedule. We have the yeah. fifth toughest schedule in the NBA. It's rough. Is it?
1: We got the Spurs tomorrow. Correct. I guess today if this airs tomorrow, but
0: yeah. Correct. When should we cut our losses and start thinking about trading for or some in some other form of acquiring a first-round pick for next year's draft? Right now in the mock draft, three Duke players in the top three. You got yeah. R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, three forwards out of Duke going one, two, three. Your man Bull Bull, the seven-two center out of the University of Oregon, is projected to go uh, seventh. So really,
1: he's gonna—he's not gonna stay at school for another year. I mean, I guess why would you? But who knows, dude? There hasn't been a Ducks player. It's like really successful in the league. I guess, like, Jordan Bell is kind of successful, but he's, like, a role player. They're, like, Aaron Brooks was a Duck, and he was really good, but I can't think of, like, if he was able to come in the league and be successful, it would be so big for Oregon sports. Like, Mariota is, and, and even in football, it's, like, I guess a lot of them are, like, linemen or defensive players from the Ducks, but, like, the Ducks were, like, an iconic team, and, like, is one of the only, like, shining Ducks in the league that I can think of. But I'm also not a huge NFL fan, so.
0: Yeah, two each. Anyways, yeah. Two, two each they're wrong. Although, I think Oregon's one of those places that, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't need any more marketing than the Nike swoosh.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, Dude, they, like, you go to University of Nike, like, everywhere you go. Unless you're one of those alternative people that's like, I hate it's the establishment. You know, they use child laborers to make their shoes. Like, you ever worn a free run? It's the most comfortable thing in the world. I can deal with a little child labor.
0: Damn, a hot take from <laughs> LJ. I I
1: don't think it? I even answered the question.
0: I don't think he did either. An- so answer it.
1: Oh, so, okay, so should we start cutting our losses and try to get a first-round pick? Yeah, because I don't see us doing anything in the next five years, let alone this year. So it's like, what are we holding out for? Uh, a word, Like, the ninth pick? Like, if we had a draft pick, we'd probably get, like, get like the ninth or tenth unless we make an impact uh trade like we bring in somebody big but i don't really see that happening some but like i could see us shipping out shumpert and a few other guys at the deadline i hope i mean i actually like the way shumpert's playing he's playing really aggressively i mean obviously just trying to raise his trade stock but he seems like he's buying into the whole young super team uh atmosphere and he's really just hyping everyone up he's definitely I, I was talking the other night watching the game. Like, I miss Quincy AC. Like, I miss, like, the guy on the bench that's just going wild. And then he just comes in the game for, like, a few sweet dunks and just gets so, like, damn. He was one of the best kings to me.
0: We needed that yeah. We needed that big body to uh, really just latch on
1: from, to. That's delicious.
0: Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. I just watched them on Hot Ones <laughs> the other day. Hotter questions and even hotter wings. Okay,
1: am I the only one that thinks that guy's the worst host of all time? Hey dude, he's
0: so... Oh, my God. Hi,
1: this is Sean Evans, and you're watching...
0: All the comments are like, Oh, Sean's getting, like, better. It's like, well, when you started at zero, a one is better.
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess it kind of helps because he doesn't really have any sort of interesting aspects about him that he just makes his guests full personalities come out because he's basically just a robot out there. Just, like, asking. him. says just... <laughs> What can you tell me about growing up in Atlanta?
0: Here, here's a segment where we look at your, take a deep dive into your Instagram.
1: Oh my god, do not even get me started. That is the worst. What can you tell me about this one here? And it's just a picture of a dog. It's like, uh, I don't know, my dog You sounded like you, sounded like you like sounded like Ed on Ed, Ed, and
0: Eddie. What, what <laughs> can you tell me about this one here?
1: Great show, really underrated. <laughs> Three of the best TV characters of all time, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, three all-stars.
0: The big three, the original big three. The big
1: three, the original big three, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. (laughs) Ed's had a great game down in the center position. He's just been really locking it down. He's averaging six blocks a game at 27 points and 12 rebounds. And And this is Ed with one D.
0: Don't even get me started on, (laughs) on Eddie's court vision.
1: Yeah, he's one of the best distributors in the entire Cartoon Network League. I mean, honestly... Dude. But don't sleep on double D. I mean, <laughs> double D has a jumper from the corner that he, I, don't, I think he has like a fifty-eight percent three-point percentage right now. You know, and
0: and you know who's you know who's a dark horse for six man, is, is Plank.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know Plank. He doesn't really have the same energy he did last year. <laughs> uh, he's he doesn't really have the handles anymore. His knees are getting weak. You know, he's getting old. Like he's been in the league for a long time. You know, Plank was a star.
0: Oh but uh, he's just—it's
1: kind of like Carmelo is in the NBA. I mean, pl- Plank's just kind of breaking shots. Noah's over
0: here. Right. S- Noah's over here, sounding like the intro to a Lil Wayne song, <laughs> with the lighter flick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, hit me with your what city, what song? We got San Antonio. You know, we're at Music City, not. Um, <laughs>
1: uh-huh. <laughs> okay, what is sack though? Like what? We got we got uh, do Tesla.
0: We, do we got cake? <laughs>
1: And Mozzie. Dude, and Mozzie's a big deal.
0: how could you forget
1: Oleander? Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, that's a good band. Okay. February Sun. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Eldridge is an amazing bass player. Check him out. Oleander. Ole okay.
0: San, an- San Antonio, Memphis, and Houston.
1: Okay. Well, for San Antonio, I'm just going to do the song that goes, <laughs> I don't know the name of it, but... Um, that's just the first song that popped in my mind in San Antonio,
0: because, I don't know, Boots. That is, uh, y- Your Man by Josh Turner. Um, we can't play it, because we get sued, but, you know it, so. yeah. That'd be
1: great, yeah. Maybe look, that's literally how it sounds. I sound exactly like him.
0: Alright, let me, let me get Memphis.
1: Ooh. Memphis is gonna be, uh, Elvis Presley Boulevard by Ricky Rosé.
0: Okay, I actually remember that
1: when they yeah. when the Kings used to warm up to that song. <laughs>
0: Finally, Houston, an underperforming team right now. They're four and seven. Um, Nick picked failure to launch the full movie. That's
1: that's good, <laughs> and it's also like kind of a rocket pun, you know. Yeah, we got it. Okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I picked. Uh, what did I pick? Oh, I picked. Bitty Bitty Bum Bum by Selena Quintanilla, and I shouted out. she C- from Houston. And I, yeah, and I shouted out C High School Spanish.
1: That's good. Uh, for me, Houston, there's so many great artists from Houston. You know, Beyonce. If I were to pick a song from Beyonce, I would do Naughty Girl. Has one of the best beats. Shout out to Scott Storch, one of the best producers in the game. Uh, and then also Paul, but I would say I'd have to go with Paul Wall. Paul Wall is an icon in Houston. And I would have to just go with Sitting Sideways by Paul Law. Damn,
0: that's a solid one, actually. Sitting
1: Sideways, that's all I got.
0: Alright, that's all he's got.
1: I'm trying to, like, provide the listeners with a little bit of context because we can't play the songs on air. And I think the Baby Lock Them Doors was probably the best voice I can do. I can't really do, like, a Paul Law voice. Baby Lock Them Doors. <laughs> <laughs> baby Lock Them Doors and Them
0: Turn the music on soft and slow. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, we ain't got no place to go. I hope you understand.
1: I've been thinking about
0: you all day long. All right. (laughs) All right, yeah. Good
1: song. That was a San Antonio, though. Yeah. Not Houston. You know Ice Cream Paint Job by DeRoe? Okay. That's a good one, too.
0: (laughs) Damn, I actually should have picked that.
1: I, 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 I cream paint
0: you. Fresh inside. In the outside playing with the trunk wire. Are the rims big? Are the rims big? What? Do it right, right good. good. <laughs> Lean back right hand on the power. wood. power. Damn. <laughs> All right, Noah J. Great to uh, have you on the show as always. Until next time, uh, give them hell down there in the city of angels. Oh, well, do. See you next time. And now um, we're going to wrap it up with Dirty Dan's hot take of the week. Because I have to do everything myself. Uh, Dirty Dan has requested that I just fill in for him. He uh, phoned in his response. Maybe uh, this this week's format will show him some luck as he missed last week's question regarding the winner of the Nuggets and the... No, sorry, the Jazz and the Celtics game. The question we asked was, how many minutes is Troy Williams looking to average by the end of the year? This is two-way player Troy Williams. Been logging some solid minutes with your Sacramento Kings through 13 games. And Dirty Dan's response. Oh, I With such an average nine, I'm expecting an average amount of minutes. So I'd say 12 per game. Cheers. That's all we got for you on this week's show. From everyone here at Sac Kings in the North podcast, we'd like to wish you a safe and happy Veterans Day, Remembrance Day, Holiday weekend. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Good day, lads.